Good morning, church family. Like Pastor Mark said, this is something that we get to participate in as a church for 21 days at the beginning of the year, and we wanted to let you know about it right now because if you're like me, that last week between Christmas and New Year's, you're thinking, okay, what am I doing? Where am I going with Jesus in the new year? So this is the direction that we're going, and we invite you to come along. It's going to be a really great time together. Um, Our messages on Sunday morning will go along with it, and then at the very end, we're going to have a time on a Sunday morning where we just have a worship and prayer time together as a church and where we can also share maybe some answers to prayer that the Lord has done in our lives. So I just want to encourage you to get ready for that because it's going to be a wonderful time. We'll have journals available for that on um, January 2nd. Also want to remind you that on December 26th, we will not be meeting here in the building. We're going to go be the church with our family, with our neighborhoods, with our friends, um, and also come join us on Christmas Eve. This is just such a wonderful time of the year. Hey, that should be a good song. That would be a good song. The most wonderful time of the year, right? Well, I come to you offering you peace this morning. We have been in a series called Unwrapping the True Gifts of Christmas, and we've been going through the different weeks of Advent. We started with hope that was represented by the wise man because there was a new star that brought hope to the world. That was hope. Then the next, love, represented by this star because the star hung over the manger where Jesus was born, where love came to this world. And then last week we talked about joy, and that's represented by the shepherds because they were the first ones who heard um, great joy to all the world. And then today we're talking about Advent peace, and I'm super excited to have the opportunity to share the message this morning. Peace is a word that we might think we know, but the biblical definition of peace is so much bigger than probably what we realize, and that's my goal to share with us this morning. Jesus gave us the gift of peace. It was one of the best gifts, I think, that he has given us as his um, children. So this week, our symbol, like I said, is an angel, and we're going to find out why the angel is a symbol of peace. But before we do, let's jump in and pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you sent Jesus to be our Prince of Peace. And thank you that peace isn't some ethereal feeling, but it's the person of Jesus Christ. And we ask that you would open our hearts right now to receive from you. Many of us, all of us, need peace in one way or another. And so I pray that our hearts would be open to receive your peace, not just to receive it, but then to give it as well. Um, We invite your presence here with us this morning in Jesus' name, amen. I also want to say a hello to everyone watching on live stream. There's some different people I know that are watching this morning because they couldn't get here, and I just want you to know that we love you. We're so grateful that you were able to join us today, and this message is for you as well. Okay, well, the reason why an angel is a symbol of peace is because angels were the first peace proclaimers. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. Peace proclaimers. The angels were the first peace proclaimers. And I want to read to you the Christmas story, and I'm reading it out of the New King James Version. Many of you have heard this so many times, you could probably quote it with me, right? (laughs) But I wanted to read it in a traditional um, text, just so that our hearts could get engaged in in the message today. So this is Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. 
Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The reason why the angel is the representation of peace is because they were the first proclaimers of peace. And think about it a minute. Angels dwelt with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit up in heaven before Jesus came to earth. So the angels knew the character of God. They knew who Jesus was. And when they came, that's what they announced, that this this, um, being, this God seen as Jesus, the Son, is coming. And because he is coming, there is peace on earth. And their proclamation of peace was actually a fulfilled prophecy of a promise of peace. Isaiah 9, 6, we sang about it this morning. Thank you, Taylor and worship team, for leading us so beautifully in worship this morning. We sang about this song, Isaiah 9, 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, or Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So God was made flesh to dwell amongst us, and he was to be known as a wonderful counselor. He was to be known as a mighty God, all-powerful. He was meant to be known as the everlasting father, and that one is so tender and special to me because I happened to have a great father growing up, but I know many people who didn't, and Jesus wanted us to know Um, that he is our everlasting father. He's a good father, a good, good father. But also he came to be our prince of peace. So if Jesus came to be the prince of peace, that means that peace isn't just some ethereal feeling that we're searching for, right? (laughs) At this time of year, we're, we're searching for peace in many different ways. Peace in our relationships, peace in our finances, peace in the world, world peace. That's not the kind of peace we're talking about right here and right now, although those things are great. But we're searching for peace, but peace can be found because peace is a person, the person of Jesus Christ. If you were to do a word study on that phrase, Prince of Peace, you'll find that that Hebrew word for prince is the word sar, and it has a lot of different meanings, such as prince, captain, ruler, governor, keeper, or principal. Lots of different words to represent that word, prince of peace. But think about it for a minute. Every prince, every captain, ruler, or governor has to have something that they rule over to bring to their people, 
right? Rulers bring things to their people, whether it's a sense of security or protection or taxes or whatever it might be. They rule over and bring things to their people. Well, Jesus, as the Prince of Peace, brought peace to his people. He is the ruler of peace. He brought peace because he is peace. In Jesus, we find peace because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Peace is a person. So that means if that peace is a person, then that means that to know Jesus is to know peace. Have you ever seen that bumper sticker? This pop bumper sticker, sticker was very popular when I was growing up in the 80s. I, I took a picture of it. Here it is. Know Jesus, as in negative, know Jesus equals no peace. However, to know Jesus equals that we know peace. And this is very, very true. So if we know Jesus, we know peace. If we don't know Jesus, we don't know the real, deep, abiding peace that he brings. It's just a tangible thing that's fleeting in our life and out of our life, um, moment by moment. How many of you have found it to be true that the more you're getting to know Jesus, the more peace that you're having in your life, at work in your life? Isn't that amazing? I was thinking about it when I was preparing this message that our mission as a church, and Pastor Mark said it during the vision cast, our mission as a church is to help people know Jesus. Isn't it a natural byproduct that's really, really cool that as we help people know Jesus, we're also helping them to know peace because peace is a person? That's like a bonus to what God's called us to do, and I just love that. Well, we've established that peace is a person, the Prince of Peace, Jesus, our Savior, but let's take a moment to look and see what peace truly is. When Isaiah 9-6 says that Jesus is our Prince of Peace, that word for peace is a pretty well-known word. It's the Hebrew word shalom. And shalom has always been a very important word in Hebrew cult Jewish culture both ancient and current. If you were to go to the Holy Land today, you would see people welcoming each other and saying goodbye to each other with a greeting of peace. It's so important to them. And it's because that's what God brings is peace, and that's what they wish each other. And it's not just like a, hey, how's it going? It's a real... Um, from the heart greeting, I'm wishing you well-being, I'm wishing things to go good for you, I'm wishing you soul-level peace. That word shalom is very, very rich and very broad in the Hebrew language. It, I put the definition up here, it means completeness, safety, soundness, wholeness, welfare, health, prosperity, peace, quiet, tranquility, and contentment. Aren't those some good, rich words that just our souls long for those words, don't they? That's what we're longing for as, as humans. The biblical concept of peace, shalom in the Old Testament and the Greek word irene in the New Testament is not about the absence of conflict. And I think that that's sometimes where we get it wrong. Like we think um, a peaceful day for me is when I've had no problems, right? A peaceful day is when my kids are getting along. <laughs> a peaceful day for me is when I have an extra amount of money in my checking account. It's based on circumstances. And, and in our flesh, that's what we want peace to be about. However, peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of God. And true peace can only be found in one way, 
And I'm talking about the true spirit, soul, body peace, soul level peace, can only be found in one way, and that's through the person of Jesus Christ. And through his death, his, his life, his death, his resurrection, Jesus came to make us right with God. And that's the foundation of the peace that we have, is through that, through what Jesus did. Because he took our brokenness, the things that cause us to, to not be at peace, the incompleteness, the lack of wholeness, Jesus took all of that on his body when he died on the cross, and he made, took it so that he could make us whole. And really, when we say yes to Jesus, for the rest of our life, from when we say yes to Jesus until the, the day we get to heaven, it's a process of beca us becoming more and more free, more and more whole, more and more integrated and complete in Jesus Christ. Peace is the result of a complete and unbroken relationship with God. It's a state of being, but it's also an attitude. So contrary to secular opinion, peace has nothing to do with our circumstances. It has everything to do with knowing the person of Jesus Christ and then resting in the shalom, the peace that he offers us. Several years ago, I heard a story that has stayed with me for a long, long time, still to this day, that illustrates peace not as the absence of conflict, but as the presence of God. It's a story by Barrett Cahos in her book about the armor of God, and I'm going to read this to you. And I really encourage you, this is a, something you're going to have to use your imagination for, so if you get easily distracted, maybe even just close your eyes and try to picture the things that I'm reading. Long ago... A man sought the perfect picture of peace. Not finding one that satisfied, he announced a contest to produce this masterpiece. The challenge stirred the imagination of artists everywhere, and paintings arrived from far and wide. Finally, the great day of revelation arrived. The judges uncovered one peaceful scene after another, while the viewers clapped and cheered. The tensions grew. Only two pictures remained veiled. As a judge pulled the cover from one, a hush fell over the crowd. A mirror-smooth lake reflected lacy green birch trees under the soft blush of the evening skies. Along the grassy shore, a flock of sheep grazed undisturbed. Surely this was the winner. The creator of the contest uncovered the second painting himself, declaring it the winner. And the crowd gasped in surprise. Could this be peace? Now, this is the part where you're really going to um, use your imagination to picture this. A tumultuous waterfall cascaded down a rocky precipice. The crowd could almost feel its cold, penetrating spray. Stormy gray clouds threatened to explode with lightning, wind, and rain. In the midst of the thundering noises and bitter chill, a spindly tree clung to the rocks at the edge of the falls. One of its branches reached out in front of the torrential waters as if foolishly seeking to experience its full power. A little bird had built her nest in the elbow of that branch. Content and undisturbed in, her, undisturbed in her stormy surroundings, she rested on her eggs. 
With her eyes closed and her wings ready to cover her little ones, she was the picture of peace that transcends all earthly turmoil. That is a picture of peace. That in the middle of a storm going on, when you feel like you're over the edge, you're on the edge, you're stuck on the edge, that in the middle of that, you can rest contentedly because that you know that Jesus is your peace and that Jesus is taking care of you. This type of peace that we're talking about, like I mentioned, it's not based on circumstances. It's not based on the absence of storms or conflicts in life. It's based on knowing Jesus and then resting in him and knowing the safety, the wholeness, the completeness that he provides as the Prince of Peace. That word, Prince of Peace, like I said, one of the definitions in the Hebrew is principle, meaning primary source. So Jesus is our primary source of peace as believers. And that's one of the things that sets us apart from the world, is that as a person who follows Christ, I get to experience Jesus as the source of my peace, and so do you. And that peace is seen in completeness and safety and wholeness. And like we mentioned, that's the reason why Jesus came, was to bring that peace to us as his followers. At, at the last supper that he had with his disciples, he told them that although he would be leaving the earth, the peace that he came to bring was going to stay. And isn't that good news? Can you imagine being the disciples knowing if, if you were a disciple, many of them were Jewish and they knew um, that the prophecy that Jesus was to come to be the Prince of Peace. And there they saw peace in the flesh dwelling among them. And then when Jesus would tell them, I'm getting ready to go, can you imagine the, the heartache and the angst that they were feeling inside their hearts as they thought, okay, here's the Prince of Peace. If he's leaving, does that mean the, the peace is leaving? Too. Jesus assured his disciples then, and he assures us today too, that the peace that he brought is going to stay even though he would go on to heaven. And he took that title and that role of Prince of Peace very, very seriously. Listen to what he says in John 14, 27. I'm reading out of the Amplified. Remember, this is Jesus talking his, to his disciples at the Last Supper. Peace I leave with you, my perfect peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge." He says, as the Prince of Peace, I'm leaving this world, but don't worry, I'm not taking my peace with me, I'm leaving my peace with you. There was a song many decades ago, probably in the late 70s or early 80s, and if you were around the church in that, in that time, you would have known this little song that I'm going to sing, just a little chorus of. And this is um, based on this scripture, John 14, this is Jesus speaking. My peace I give unto you, it's a peace that the world cannot give, it's a peace that the world cannot understand, peace to know. 
to live. My peace I give unto you. Someone just needs to hear Jesus singing that peaceful song over you in the middle of your circumstances, that Jesus left us his peace, and therefore we're not to let our hearts be troubled or afraid. Peace was so very important to Jesus that in this same discourse, just two chapters later when he's talking with his disciples, he brings up peace again in case we didn't get it the first time, in case they didn't get the first time, he brings it up again in John 16, He said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I don't know if it's comforting or discomforting to you, to me, to know that Jesus promises us trials. I don't know if that's a comfort or a discomfort. Yet here again, the trials and the sorrows are not meant to be our focus. They're not meant to be the focus of our lives because Jesus says, take heart. Or as it says in the Amplified Version, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy because I have overcome the world. We as Christ followers are to focus on the victory that Jesus won when he died on the cross and rose again because that victory is what has won our peace, our well-being, our contentment, our wholeness, and our completeness. So how does knowing Jesus as the Prince of Peace change the way we live our lives? Like, we all, we all know this, and here's the thing that I've been really praying as I've been preparing to share this message, is as Christ followers in our heart, we know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I don't think, and if I were to open up your heart and look inside there, I don't think that any of us would say that Jesus isn't the Prince of Peace in our hearts. The challenge is getting it from our heart to our soul. So our heart is our spirit. It's the inner part of us that connects with God through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit. But our soul is also known as our mind, our will, and our emotions. We can have peace in our heart very assuredly. The the jump is getting it from our heart to our soul, meaning in our mind, in our will, and for me, I'm I'm an emotional person, in my emotions, right? (laughs) So we can all connect with one of those, our our mind, will, our or our emotions. And that's sometimes where it can be hard to, to get it into our soul, to a soul level peace, where it's part of how we live our lives with peace. So how do we do that? What is our response to peace as the person of Jesus Christ? There's a, a simple verse in Colossians 3.15. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. So if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, that means that peace is the ruler of my heart, peace is the ruler of my mind, will, and my emotions, and that word in Colossians 3.15, let the um, peace of Christ rule in your hearts, is a very interesting Greek word. And for any baseball fans in here, you're going to love the meaning of this word. It's the Greek word brabuyo, and it means to direct control or to act as an umpire okay so think about a baseball field with me for a minute and an umpire that stands behind the home plate and as the pitches come in 
The umpire is the one who gets to decide what the call's going to be, right? They get to decide if that ball coming in, that pitch coming in is going to be a ball or if it's going to be a strike. They have a lot of power. And I've seen my husband get kind of ticked at those umpires from time to time. <laughs> Until he became one, then he had a little bit more compassion. <laughs> okay, so that's what this word means, act as an umpire. And this verse is giving us a word picture of how we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts or act as an umpire in our hearts. So for example, life throws us a curveball. Has anyone received a curveball in life ever or even in the past month or so? Yeah, life throws us a, a curveball and instead of responding with fear or frustration or any myriad of emotions that would be natural to have in that situation, we let the peace of Christ act as the umpire of our hearts and he's the one who makes the call of what we're going to experience based on that curveball and how we respond by keeping our peace. So for example, the circumstances may say sickness, but the umpire says peace in our hearts and our minds, our will, our emotions. You may be tempted to fear over a wayward child, but the umpire comes as the prince of peace and calls peace over the situation. There might not be enough money to pay the bills, especially at Christmas time, but the umpire says, my peace, my wholeness, my security, my safety, my completeness is going to be over you, whether you have money to pay the bills or not. Peace, shalom, wholeness, soundness of mind, welfare, quiet tranquility, and contentment is what rules our hearts and souls when we know the Prince of Peace. It's not about a feeling. Things could be completely chaotic around us. It's not about the, having a feeling of peace. It's about knowing the person of peace who is Jesus Christ. The Christmas story is full of people who let peace rule in their hearts despite some pretty crazy circumstances. Let's look at a, a couple of them together. The first one is Mary the mother of Jesus, I can just imagine her saying, so you're telling me I'm going to be overshadowed by God's spirit and become pregnant before being with a man. So that's the crazy circumstances. Yet her words that come out of her mouth were, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Mary let peace rule in her heart instead of the crazy circumstances. And then Joseph he probably was thinking, my betrothed is pregnant, and I'm not the father, <laughs> and somehow I'm supposed to move forward with this plan. Pretty crazy circumstances. Yet his response was to listen to what the angel told him, and he moved forward and took Mary as his wife. Joseph let peace act as an umpire in his heart. And the thing that I love about this, Joseph and Mary, as the earthly parents of Jesus, they were already experiencing Jesus as the Prince of Peace even before he was born, just because of um, the prophecy and, and the words that the angels spoke to them. Think about the shepherds for a moment. They just saw a terrifyingly awesome display in the sky Yet their response was to go see the child and then continue to spread the news about the newborn Prince of Peace. 
those shepherds proclaimed that peace was here and that peace was for all people. Another person um, was Simeon. He was an old man, and he was waiting for the promise that God gave him that Simeon wouldn't die until he laid his physical eyes on Jesus, the Messiah. He had faith in his heart. He had eyes of faith spiritually, but God promised him, you're going to see this with your very own eyes. So finally, when Mary and Joseph on the eighth day brought Jesus into the temple for his dedication, Simeon saw the fulfillment of the promise that God had given given him. And he says in Luke 2, 29 to 30, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Here's another example of peace being what is ruling this situation. Simeon had seen the salvation of the Lord with his very own eyes, and because he did, he says, okay, I'm done. I can die in peace. (laughs) By the way, we don't have to fear death as people of peace (laughs) who follow the Prince of Peace. Even if death were to come sooner for us than we would have liked, we don't have to fear it. Because we have received the salvation of Jesus and we can die in peace knowing that we will be with the Prince of Peace for all eternity. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up because they're going to help me close. We're going to sing a song together as we wrap up. So this is their invitation to come on up. We've talked about today that peace is a person, right? Peace is a person, the person of Jesus Christ. The more that you know peace, the more, or excuse me, the more you know Jesus, the more you will know peace. Peace isn't the absence of conflict, it's the presence of God. Jesus is our primary source of peace, and he promised us as his followers peace when he left this earth. That peace now acts as an umpire in our hearts, and in our minds. Peace can overrule any circumstance in our lives because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Now here's the deal. Once we've accepted this peace, once we've said yes to Jesus and um, know the peace of, of Jesus, peace as the person of Jesus, he now calls us to be what? Peacemakers peacemakers. In Matthew 5 verse 9, Jesus said in his famous sermon, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Jesus came as a child of God, as the son of God to make peace, lasting, deep peace, making us right with with God the Father. And now we get to be the children of God as well if we choose to be peacemakers. If we bring the peace of God, the shalom, that completeness, that wholeness, that security, um, that tranquility, we get to be peacemakers that bring peace to the situations that we find ourselves in. Looking out across this this, um, beautiful room, I see many people that I know your stories. 
And I know the challenges that you face and experience. I know how you have tried to be a peacemaker as you go and help family, as you go to your workplace and you bring the shalom, the peace of Jesus to the places that you work that are so desperately in need of of peace. And that's what God has called us to do. And we get to be his child. We get to be called a child of God when we bring shalom to our world. Peacemakers carry an inward sense of fullness and safety, and they use that to repair repair brokenness in this world by making wrong things right. We as peacemakers pursue shalom with the people around us so that there's nothing broken and there's nothing missing. Peace, completeness, safety, wholeness is the way of the kingdom of God. I I believe in in Romans, there's a scripture that says, um, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, that's the kingdom of God. So when, when they are trying to describe the kingdom of God, I believe it's Paul, then um, he's saying it's peace is, is the kingdom of God. Righteousness, joy, this is the kingdom of God. And as kingdom bringers to this world, we get to extend that peace and bring that shalom, that completeness to our families, to our workplaces, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, to our community, and really to our world. Romans 12, 18 tells us, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. You see, someone needs to hear, it's not about, you're not responsible for someone else. You're responsible for the peace that you bring to a situation. And and we get to let go of the other person's responsibility. And we just get to say, you know what? I know the Prince of Peace because peace is a person. And I am bringing that peace with me wherever I go. And as far as it depends on me with the grace and strength that God provides, I'm bringing that shalom. I'm bringing that completeness, that wholeness to this situation. You know, as Pastor Mark was talking about giving out the food baskets, preparing those food baskets, the food that you brought in, and now we get to deliver these food baskets, that's one of the ways that we get to be peacemakers in our community. One of the ways that we get to offer shalom, peace to people by the gift of a meal that nourishes a belly, but more importantly, it nourishes a soul. In closing, our worship team is going to lead us in a song. It's called, I Will Look Up. And it goes, it talks about Jesus as the Prince of Peace. And it's really a, a declaration song. And this song is especially for people who um, maybe you, you're not sensing peace. Maybe you have it in your heart, but it's not in your soul. Maybe you've been through some rough times over the past many months or years. Maybe you're holding on to a promise God has given you like Simeon and you're wanting to have the strength to to remain faithful to God until you see it with your physical eyes, not just the eyes of faith. As we sing this song, I'm going to just invite you to present your heart and any circumstances in your life to the Prince of Peace. Remember over here we have some ornaments on that table and God might be asking you to write down a circumstance where you're wanting peace, where you're trusting peace because you know Jesus and you can put it on the tree. 
If you need it as a reminder, though, don't put it on the tree. Just take it home with you and put it somewhere where you can be reminded of Jesus as the Prince of Peace. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me. And we're going to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts as we proclaim these words, this declaration of peace, of faith. We're going to proclaim that as we sing. And then after that, Pastor Mark will come and close out our service. Thank you, guys.
quiet our hearts for just this moment I just um, I want to respond in just a specific way if you're here and there's something that resonated with you this morning when we talked about peace and you would say um, Pastor Mark there's something deep in my soul that doesn't have your peace yet but I need to get it I'm recognizing it in my life it's causing turmoil it's causing chaos and it's because I'm just not letting Jesus bring peace to this area of my life. If that's how you feel this morning, would you just, just acknowledge that to the Lord? Just raise your hand and just let him see your hand. Just let him see where you're at. And just, he knows what it is. He can see to the deepest resources of your soul. And right now he sees your hand and he doesn't just see your hand. He sees every bit of the situation that and the reason that you're raising your hand. He knows every single thing about that situation. Every intricate detail. He understands all of it. And he wants to bring you peace. And so Jesus, right now, we pray for the peace that surpasses all our understanding and guards our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. I pray that kind of peace for these that have raised their hands. Lord, there are circumstances and situations where they need that supernatural peace to be in their life. I pray that you would give it this Christmas season. Lord, we also pray for all of us. All of us need your peace. We all need peace with God. And Lord, out beyond these doors are some people that are worthy of your peace as well. And in just a minute, we're going to take them a meal. 
we're going to be the peacemakers. We're going to be the hands and the feet of the Prince of Peace. Lord, I pray that when we knock on a door, whether it's an apartment or a house or a condo or whatever it might be, that, Lord Jesus, your peace would go with us. And that as the, as the door opened, not only a meal would enter, but the Prince of Peace would. That salvation would be known and understood and be, have an opportunity to give birth in that house. And so we pray the salvation of Jesus as we take these meals out as well. We give you thanks and we give you praise to Jesus that you came. You came. You left heaven and you came here to live in our hearts. And we can't say thank you enough. And so we give you our thanks. We give you our praise. And we give you our lives. And we just lay ourselves and our circumstances at the foot of the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for being here this morning. What a great reminder of that peace. I want to encourage you all week, as you light that candle of peace, to think about what we talked about this morning. The peace is a person, and he lives inside of you. Jesus is right there to give you peace in all situations. All right. You are a peacemaker. You ready to go give some peace out? And I don't mean peace out. You see, okay, okay. You ready to go, go give some peace away? All right, here we go. So grab some bags and head out and grab, give some peace away. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So Kate and I, have a great Christmas.